Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. Who does not care about the thawing of Mariah Carey? It is still spooky season all day, every day. I'm one of your hosts, Rip, and as always, I'm joined by Father Christmas. It's me. Jumpy. Yes, and we're here to discuss another episode of Follow the House of Usher, specifically episode four. I'm not yeah. ready to like speed through these episodes. I'm glad we're taking our time. Unlike everyone else who wanted to finish it in October, because... Who knows when we're getting another Mike Flanagan thing? Could be like 2025. Who knows? Yeah. He has to know. work with a whole new budget from a whole new company. Hopefully the same cast, yeah. but who knows? Their contracts might be tied up. And then he's going more towards the Stephen King feel. I love the Stephen King feel. Or lore. Well... So. I mean, Stephen King lore always has this, like, overarching, well, isn't it all part of this multi-weird turtle verse where there's gods out there and demons and all this other weird shit that you don't even delve into unless you read Dark Tower? Which, like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why everyone skips that one. Nobody reads Dark Tower. They read... <laughs> They read like Pet Cemetery. They read Cujo. They read maybe um, the Overlook Hotel. What is it again? Shining. But then that's it. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was it's Shining, Cujo, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. yeah, basic. But the only one I actually read was Needful Things. Well, what do you mean by naming those other ones? You didn't read just, them. You, know, you just knew the names. You knew yeah, the named, you knew the names of the cover. <laughs> Needful Things is the only one I read actually a read. Book. Stephen King. Needful Things is short. Needful. That's why you read it. You're so lazy. It's short. My ass yeah. short. that short. That is not pages. short. Yeah, How long right. is it? Not a hundred pages. I read. Hundred three. Ah, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. Needful things, page count. So I wouldn't Joby know what it is. Could take it his words. read really quick. Well, eight hundred. Yeah, right. It's part of an anthology of short stories. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> you know what needful things is? It's don't, not don't that big. Like I know. guess maybe it is that big. It just it read really easy. Eight hundred. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that was my middle school read. I don't know why Stephen King was in the public library at the school, but it is what it is. <laughs> Good for you. My middle school read was like Pendragon, which is like a C-list fantasy book. It's like Harry Potter well, if it was written a little worse. After a lot worse. After that, hmm? I <laughs> after that I got really into a. Uh, a series of unfortunate events. 
I needed to calm my mind. I liked a series of unfortunate events just because of how different it always feels. Yeah. But with the yeah. thing I just kind of shit on, Pendragon, I still like that series and want a show to adapt it because the <laughs> core, the good thing about that Pendragon book series is that the idea is fun and executed well. It's just that the writing's kind of not where I want it to be. If they if they put it in the hands of screenwriters who will kind of spice it up, I think that story can go places. It, it's good for a TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I vaguely remember Pendragon. I don't I definitely didn't read it, but There's like I think I heard of books. it. I read all of them. Nice. And you read Needful yeah. Things ten what times I didn't read. in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, right. I read it once and I switched to a series of unfortunate unfortunate events to like ease my soul. <laughs> but um what I didn't read is any short collections of Edgar Allan Poe, specifically this show that's Way based to tie it back in. the follow follow the house of usher episode four the black cat this is uh, this was an interesting episode we predicted we were like who's gonna die this episode we were like victorine or leo and we were like you know what probably leo which sucks because he felt like the heart of the of the, he of the family felt like the only person who cared and he cared he cared a lot but he also was great at numbing himself with drugs and i feel like yeah that could make him gluttony still like the the whole nine circle thing is falling apart a little but i still feel like it fits cuz he overindulges mm-hmm. yeah and he he's does. like, don't fucking tell me to slow down to all, everyone he dates, apparently. so. <laughs> and he he wakes up in the previous episode, finds his lover's dead cat. So he goes in this episode to get a new one. And, of course, the only place in town that has... Uh, a black cat for for adoption or sale is owned by Lady Death or she's working the front mm. counter. And apparently this man adopted Cujo mm. the cat because <laughs> this was straight up the cat. Or maybe now. it's just the cat it from just Pet Cemetery. Him. <laughs> yeah. That. And, oh man. It's a uh, you know I don't think we read or or anything that said like no no animals were harmed in the making of this episode. No, they killed that thing. <laughs> but he was being haunted by this cat who kept scratching him and the scratches never faded. It got worse. He kept seeing dead because cats like to leave little what we call gifts if you're a cat owner where it's just like a dead animal and you're somewhere in the house that bird dead rat something and he got he just kept getting these gifts and it was felt very targeted so he's trying to impress him all right he, he goes very aggressive very strong personality and he's a good kitty he's a good kitty and he's trying to show him mm-hmm. 
He loves him. It's not his fault that he's a predator or that his playtime is scratching. <laughs> Did Leo buy him a scratching post? I don't think so. That's why you gotta use his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> used his fucking eyes. That and scene hurt. Uh, he had no choice but to bring the owner of the pet store over his loft to. Help him capture this pet. And the owner is obviously... But he soon Lady realized. Death. Lady Death. From first sight. She, she's having a great season. Being the Harrison Wells. <laughs> she is so fun. She got to be... Yeah. A cool... Lady who works at a pet shop. She also got to be... A freaking chimp. And this episode... Not like, you know, on all fours or anything. But she kind of got to be a cat. Yeah, she licked his mm-hmm. ear, she licked her paw, she disappeared. It's in the walls, she said. And this man grabbed Thor's and he hammer. he got from Hemsworth himself. And ripped open his loft looking for this cat. And we we were suspicious of this information. Because Joby and I were like, nah. This cat doesn't exist to anybody else but him. And it was only until the end of the episode where we see his lover come in and sees the place a wreck. And just this man is out of his mind. Leo's out of his mind. Just like, don't you see it? Don't you see it? And Julius, his boyfriend, is like, I don't. What are you talking about? And the cat goes on top of the the railing of the balcony. And Leo just runs to hit the cat. He, momentum takes him over and he falls to his death. And Julius is just there like, oh my god. And then Julius is like, earlier in the hey, episode. I don't think he found my cat. It just dawns on him. <laughs> It's very sad. Earlier in the episode, he had uh, Leo had bring uh, took all the the quote unquote gifts that the cat was left for him, and he put it all in the tub. And at the end of the episode, we see that the exactly. tub none is of empty. And we also see when Leo's and dead, we see the, the actual cat return. And you were saying that. It's kind of up in the air if that cat was actually there, like the real one with the collar and everything. But right. I think that given that the collar is there, I think it's the real cat. I mean, does he kill? He didn't really kill it. Did he he really thought he did. The cat? He saw shit. Because hmm. he's already seen dead animal corpses that don't exist. Yeah, I like that. I like that theory. This whole thing was in his head. Nobody else ever saw it or cleaned it up. And she's clearly fucking with with everybody. And Lady Death. And Lady Death is making herself known when she wants to make herself known. Like, they looked at the security footage of when Camille died. That was fun because Roderick's just like, can you zoom in and enhance, please? Come on. (laughs) And Arthur Pym's like, that's not Pim's fucking like... real. 
It's like they do it in the movies all the time and TV shows. And he's like, okay. I'll look into it. I'll get some AI. <laughs> and then he, he found a way to enhance it. And he sent that over to both Madeline and Roderick. And separately, they both reacted like, no. This can't be. Well, that it's hard to read them because, like, they don't say anything. They don't have a little secret conversation. They're like, don't you fucking remember who this is? They're just like, oh, 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 the whole episode. <laughs> well, Madeline drove to, like, the bar. Yeah. And it's closed down. That's still super ominous and not saying anything. Like, I know you guys were there, but tell me something. Be like, oh my god, that's the person we made a deal with or something. One answers. And I don't want them by watching the show. Tell me right now. Hmm. <sighs> um I don't what else? But yeah, Lady Death is making her herself known. And not just like by the security footage. Right? She is she appeared in um Tam's husband's um exercise workout program. She was one of the ladies that was like in the background and they acknowledged each other and Bill had no idea what he was what she was talking about. She's like, Oh, I saw her. Remember these escort ladies supposed to be a one time thing. Why is she back? And Bill's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But Tam well, is, has such what he a... he said was like, I would never bring one of these girls home without discussing it. Like, uh, yeah. like unless they're part of the thing that they do. I don't know if it's a new girl every time because they have the regular candy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. But it is a very specific but... protocol, which is like, given what they're, they're friggin' into, I don't see why he'd be lying. He, he yeah. does, I don't know. Like it's a very weird setup, but he also, I don't know what more he'd he'd want to do. He's he's like doing it with random people. Like, what does he want to cheat for? Right. Well, I mean, she did like talk about his day with him, which you could tell like struck a chord with him. He's like, oh, oh, my day. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my day. And there's there's probably attraction I think, there. I think that and was already... more just like. Why is she so fucking good at the job? And why does she know the names and everything of everybody? I will put money that there's going to be an episode soon, probably next episode, where um, they uh, where her, Tam's husband and Lady Death, as the escort, are having sex. But Tam is like, no, they're making love. Mm. And I don't like that. That is love making. That is not sex. That is something that Beverly would say. So yes. I don't know why I cleaned mm. it up. <laughs> there's like there's a difference between fucking How dare you? There are children and... somewhere on earth <laughs> who could have heard that. You're right. Hmm. So and then Lady Death was, she was with Victorine. Uh, Victorine's pushing these trials to, through because the heat's on her. Why was Camille in her place of work? 
with her research. She wouldn't just do that. The dad... I want to say he gave Victorine an out. But did he? I mean, he's made it very clear he's going to fucking kill. <laughs> Not kill. Well, maybe kill. <laughs> Definitely do something real bad to whoever betrayed the family um who i'm still like not sure who that is or if they exist or whatever it is but victorine he tells victorine like hey is this like should i just pull the money from this and keep that money for like other projects just tell me because this lady was onto it and she still jumps in and doesn't take the out i think that just either speaks to how prideful she is or it speaks to how much she doesn't trust the dad. Even mm. when he seems to be sincere. I, mean, no, I, don't, I don't blame her for not but, trusting him. I mean, him. he did. Like she, he did just like, look, I can, I can allocate the money to... Well, uh... I should say I don't blame her for not <laughs> trusting him, but I do fucking blame her for moving ahead to human trials when she hasn't had a successful one. In any of the like chimpanzee testing that she's going through the trouble of doing, even though that doesn't really happen as much anymore, or at least it's not supposed to. You know, this is my problem with Lady Death with this in this episode. She gives everybody an out. She gave Perry Prospero an out. She didn't like you don't have to Leo do this. Don't do this. She didn't give Leo an out. She gave that to Camille. You don't have to go in there, she, even though it's like. Come on, it's Camille. Camille well, maybe she did she give him an out at the pet store. But he, he was genuine. He's like, if you give me this cat, I will unload you with money. He's like, oh, okay, but this cat is reserved. You can't have like, this well, cat. I'll find it's home cat. for all these other cats. Yeah, it, he didn't. It's not like he said, I like, threatened her yeah. or promised violence or did anything to be like, Oh, if you don't give me that cat, bad things are gonna happen. No, he's like, I'll make it. I'll be positive, and I'll make it worth. I think if she gave him an out, he might have took it. Maybe if she phrased it the right way, like she did with everyone else. Right, like, like everybody else, you knew they weren't gonna take the out, but Leo might, and she's like, yeah, fuck, I'm not gonna give him. How much of this, which is is genuine? You know, you think Leo would have done the right thing, and. You know, you, you believe that or maybe just a little part of you hasn't gotten over your crush on Sheriff Hassan and thinks that that character <laughs> is bleeding over, but it's not because Leo maybe isn't a great guy. I mean, no, he... Damn. I mean, I don't blame you. He cheats. Is all I'm saying. He was good. <laughs> he cheats in, in, in that regard. He cheats. Um... He's part of a really wealthy family. Which, you know, should be a downside. They're too wealthy. Um, but he, he even selfish. reacted when Camille's that dead. He reacted, sure. Even but like, he, yeah. how much points does that give somebody? I feel like we're judging him off all these sociopaths around him. Like, yeah, he cried when a family That's member true. died. He still is like a drug addicted, terrible, self-centered cheats on his spouse or you know relationship kind of guy it doesn't do anything for anybody okay so cheating is wrong and 
You should never do that. Aside from that, though, he's he doesn't do anything for anybody. Like what else? What does he do? He, uh, what does he do? He, I mean, he helped Perry. What, he helped Perry get drugs. He okay, get... thanks, good brother. <laughs> but he tried to like be there for Perry. like yeah. not be there. He tried. He's to trying. Be. He was trying to get Perry away from by him. supplying drugs to like his Paris. entire party. No, he was. Yes, he supplied drugs to no. the entire building. <laughs> if anything, he facilitated what Perry was up into, which is not a good idea. And, okay, let me rephrase that. He was not trying to get Perry away from the drugs or the party lifestyle. He was trying to get Perry away from making that a career. But he and actually do he, something. It's like he, it's like he spearheaded his first big venture into that career, though. By supplying the drugs that whole party couldn't have happened without it well look it okay but then it becomes does perry come to me and i can control the situation of who he trusts or does he go to somhow else where he he's again desperate? i think you're letting sheriff hassan crush lead in there because how is he controlling the situation by giving him all these drugs and not going to the party to see how they're used he just he just kind of like says bye yeah i am pulling out the oh i tripped down mm-hmm. the stairs i know, mean arguments. i'm not blaming you i just i see it <laughs> you know because my next defense would have been like well that's all he knows hard upbringing <laughs> yes, wasn't rich till he was 18 can you imagine oh <laughs> <sighs> Um. So yeah, he's not a good mm-hmm. person. Nobody in that family is a good person, and it's easy to be like, "Well, he's the least good person." Or the you but mean he's Lady the most Death. good bad person? Oh yeah, yeah, he's the least bad person, most good person, but he is the heart of the mm-hmm. family. And I just don't think it was fair that Lady Death didn't give him an. That I agree. With. If yeah. you want to argue. Th- if you want to argue that her telling him that he can't have the cat and him being like, you know what, I'm gonna throw money at this solution. No, no, that was definitely so not a straightforward out. Like he gave, like she gave everybody yeah. else. Yeah, hers was like, you can go left or right, but if you go right, you should probably go left. Him, it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> she didn't explain herself to anybody, but she did say like, hey, you should do this. She never gave him a should option yeah or well i guess she kind of did but it wasn't as nice like it wasn't as easy to see you should adopt these cats over here and he kind of said yes to that and still did what he wanted so like he overindulged gluttony gluttonous just like he overindulged in breaking down the walls <laughs> of the cloth he tore that shit up and he overindulged overindulged and he was gluttonous in his pursuit for the death of the cat that it caused his own mm-hmm. downfall that didn't exist right I wonder if his eye was even really scratched looked like it was but uh, yeah I, don't I, know. I hate that he that was... got his eye scratched and didn't go to the doctor and started playing fucking yes. video games which obviously I understand but that requires rapid eye movements it's going to fuck up your eye. Like, who doesn't care about their eye that much? Everybody cares about your eye. You know, and it is telling that, like, he went to rage so quick. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe that is kind of uh, where his demons are, so to speak. Because he was just ready to kill that cat without you know, a second I don't, thought. I don't even think and he Quick, looked, like, he got scratched. He was been tortured by the cat for some of the last episode, some of this episode. And it fucking scratched his eye. I mean, that's going to enrage any animal, really. Yeah. And, like, if you look at Jules' demeanor, like, I'm not saying Jules is innocent in any of this either. I don't, I don't believe he's an innocent party. He does partake in the drugs. Jules? You know? He's, yeah. He uh, wants him to Julius slow down, at least. He just, like, can't because he doesn't have much power. But look how, how do I put this? Like That was a hard conversation for him to have with uh, Leo. Well, you know it was a hard conversation for him to have because Leo was already done with him. He was talking about exchanging him, like getting rid of him. Yeah. Because he even dared to suggest it. Which yeah. is really weird because so it's, it's like not, yeah. you're cheating on him and trying not to get caught. And before I thought it was like, oh, like he cares about him. And he, you know, he's a piece of shit trying to cheat, but he doesn't want him to find out because he doesn't want to lose him. But it turns out he's yeah. ready to drop him on a dime the moment anything tough happens. So I think that was all just part of his big, like, sexual endeavor. He just, like, enjoys the thrill of almost getting caught kind of thing. Maybe. Because he didn't... I mean... He, you don't drop somebody that quick if you're, like, really, really feeling for them. Yeah. I mean, if you overindulge in, like, that relationship i mean leo doesn't come off as a good person mm. definitely and there's a lot of there, you can overanalyze julius and his uh body language and you can probably just be like okay something's not right here with that relationship Sound i think anyone that julius, those people date that these ushers date they're always going to have some issues with them because the power is always going to be in the usher's court and the other person is always going to have less. And they're always going to feel it. And they, none more so than Jules, who has this tentative, like, boyfriend-boyfriend relationship, like, not married. At least it didn't seem that mm -hmm. way. No prenup or anything. Yeah. In same thing can be said about Bill. Like, in terms of, like, how he acts around mm -hmm. Tam. Because he, like, he was like, no, I did, don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see that. And Tam was like, I know what I fucking saw. And then he's just like, okay, all right. I'm, and then he had to apologize. He's like, okay, if I did anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. If I did talk to a woman I wasn't supposed to, I'm I sorry. You know, like he was very. She couldn't prove it because it was a live stream or something stupid like that. I think yeah. her downfall is going to be like she keeps seeing these videos and she keeps popping up. And eventually, one of the videos would be mm. like her and Bill doing it and her watching helplessly. Mm. And somehow it leads to her death. Her voyeurism is going to be in it. Yeah. Her voyeurism, that. but whatever mm. it's called. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, remember how, I know you predicted how everybody dies based on how the, they looked in that one shot. Yeah. 
don't remember. Who I was thought Leo was getting attacked by a bear, but it was just a fucking cat. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Cocaine bear went yeah. after him. It was a cat. <sighs> um. But yeah, and then Victorine. That's she was setting pale up for white her death for some reason. She may drown. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see, because she has to do this. She has to do the trials on this on Lady yes. Death. Let's see how that happens. How that, how that ends up killing her. She's willing to put a woman's life at risk. And it's not even, she knows it's not going to work. Well, that's like the weird thing about her. Like, you have to assume she knows it's not going to work. But then to what end? Like, who cares if you're at human trials? You know it's not going to work. So what's the point? Are you just buying time? It doesn't sound, I don't think she knows that that Roderick is the one who needs it. Well, for sure. But it. even with that, without that knowledge, it, I still don't get her motivation. Like, who gives a shit? about pushing this to human trials if it's going to fail. You're just going to make a bigger mess. It's like, I can't think of a good analogy. It's just like knowing you're going to lose <laughs> at some kind of gamble and you double down. Mm -hmm. Just, it's weird. Because she's going to lose funding from Roderick. Because her, her idea she's doesn't lose work. funding anyway. And if it does, yeah, but like, she doesn't know it's going to him. She can fudge the data all she wants. She fudged it enough to go put everything to human trial. But like you you're know? saying that she doesn't know it's going to go to him. So what? Right. She's killing people and like. But like exactly. why? What? What's what does she want? What is she gaining out of prolonging this? The funding. The funding. The funding for another She's week. She's going to pull the money. I mean, she could take whatever's left and get the fuck out of there. I don't think she can take the funding like that. Otherwise, she'd just do it now. Huh. I don't know. You're right. Like, it does... It's just like when you lie on top of a lie on top of a lie and it just starts catching up to you. I think... Pride, I guess, in is her the head. only explanation I could think of. Like, she has to try and keep, in, keep it this going to make it work is the only thing I could think of. Like, here, she needs it to work because her pride... Cares about it working, not because she wants to save lives. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. <sighs> Other than that, I, I don't get her motivation. I'm kind of hoping we see what it is in this next episode. Yeah. You think she's going next? Who's youngest among the survivors? I think right. she's next then. Because then it's Tam, and then after Tam, it's... Uh... Roderick. No, uh, Tam Frederick. and Victorine have both seen Lady Death, but Victorine has seen her more often, so I think it has to be her. And I think it is going in the predictable by age death line. Yeah. Uh, knowing Mike Flanagan, Tam's next. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've we figured it out. Like, um, yeah. Nothing will be greater. And than this actress's rendition of Beverly looking at the sunrise is all <laughs> I'm going to say for those of you that haven't seen it to watch it. Yeah. In Midnight Mass is what I'm talking about. 
So Roderick hasn't seen Lady Death yet. Um, but but he was he so stupid in this episode. What was he doing? <laughs> well, Arthur was hinting at him over and over again to check his wife's phone because he's like, "Look, we found a burner phone on her, and we need you to open it." And he's like, "Okay, well." I don't know why she has a burner phone. She doesn't have one. He's like, okay. Do you know any passwords? He's like, well, it wouldn't work because that's not her phone. He's like, well, humor me, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Just, and then he, you know, like none of the passwords work. And he's like, see, I use her favorite passwords. And then, so it's it's clearly not her I phone. I feel like he put his own birthday. And then, Just like, why would she put that in her burner phone? Exactly, and that's what Arthur keeps trying to hint at him. It's not going to be some shit that that you it's know be six, nine, because six, nine. it's a burn phone. <laughs> so then he talking, uh, Roderick talking to his daughter figured out. Not Roderick, uh, Frederick talking to his daughter figured out. Um, if he can't use the pad passcode, use the fingerprint. If you can't use that, use the face a face recognizer uh problem with that is this woman was poured got rained on by acid so none of those things will work but he tried anyway and we had to watch him do that after doing bumps of cocaine that he got from leo Hmm. Ooh, i think he's going to get addicted to that what addicted to cocaine it never happens to anybody what do you mean (laughs) That might be his death. Cocaine. Like I feel, <laughs> he. Do you see him buying a bag of cocaine from a uh, lady death? No, I don't think he'll die by drugs. Okay. Not based on what he looked like. Well, I can't quite remember what he looked like though. But it didn't look like a coke addicted, you know, binge killed him. I mean, if his nose is a wreck. Maybe. If it was, I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I need to see that picture, but I'm not Googling shit about that. No, can't Google this show. Nope. I'm just so mad that he tried tried to open a stupid phone by first trying to get a fingerprint off of his wife's burnt hands and then trying to get a face ID off of her face that's obviously in shambles so it's not going to work it was just such a stupid idea from him dude and the thing i hate the most about rod uh, frederick and and tamerlin is that their mother is such a person innocent soul man like how (sighs) yeah like (laughs) i don't know man (laughs) Those past scenes, like you could tell, like she tried her hardest to keep them from falling. She tried her hardest to keep Roderick from falling into into that that darkness. And it just sucks that her kids got caught up in that too. Yeah, whatever deal happened in that bar took everybody down. Yep. Lady Death. 
is a bitch. <laughs> and with the flashback, which was set up fucking hilariously, because um, Roderick, as he's telling the story, imagines Leo falling in front of him. That is... And he screams Bold of you. at Leo. They imagines. <laughs> Witnesses mm-hmm. sees a vision of Leo falling in front of him. And he screams at Leo on the floor. And as he was screaming, Augie just pulled his best um, Talladega Knights uh, who's that guy from? Don't Green you put Island? that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. Yeah. Don't you raise your voice on me, <laughs> Roderick. I came here because you invited me. Don't you dare raise your voice on me. Dukes or something? And Roger. <coughs> Is the name Dukes? Hmm? Not like the, the yeah. actor. And, and like he was. Something Duggan. Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duggan. Duggan. I don't know. Who's Winston Dukes? I'm Duncan. thinking of some other character. Uh. Um, but anyway. Um, and then we get a flashback. Do you remember the first time we met Roderick? And we get the flashback of how Augie, as an investigator, was trying to find... Um, trying to find a way to pinpoint fraud onto Fortunato. And he kind of cornered Roderick, young Roderick, by telling him, like, hey, we have all these forms that were signed and led to a lot of people's deaths. And we're trying to get the people who signed them. And in fact, Roderick, well, he didn't go like this, but like he kind of quoted him was like, "Yeah, well, your signatures on these," and Roderick's like, "My signatures on these," and his wife was like, "That doesn't look like your signature," and he's like, "Don't worry about it. I will get to the bottom of this. I probably signed something that I didn't read carefully enough," and it's like a double-edged sword. Like, okay, you're admitting to some, sh- you know, you're admitting to some shit, but Augie gave a very passionate speech about the everyday man. And to be careful. Mm. Like, uh, do you remember what it was? Like, it was... No, I um, don't. Like, he just used his detective skills. Like He said yeah. a big, long-winded speech that felt <laughs> like it would be hard to say off the cuff. But he said it anyway. Yeah. And he talked about how... He, he pretty much just broke down all the information he knew about them by looking around the room. He was like, look at that glass over there. Look at the bags under your eyes. You guys are sleeping and whatever. They're like really sleepy from staying up all night with their firstborn son who's not in the room. But he predicted that they had their firstborn son who's here and sick. That's why he's not in the kitchen. And that they're good parents. And they did all these home remedies because he can see the evidence of it. But they couldn't afford the real good shit. The good medicine. Um... Yeah. And he doesn't want to lose his job. And he's just another guy in the lower rung of the business. And he wants to build his way up. He doesn't want to step on any toes to do it. And then Augie tried to preach that he has to do the right thing. But um, 
Roderick wouldn't have wouldn't have it. Yeah. He's just like, well, I don't recall signing that. And his wife is like, no, nah, it's not your fucking signature. That's I know what your signature looks like. It's not that. And he's like, <laughs> shut up. And then, yeah, then he had to confront Griswold. And Griswold laid it into him, pretty much telling him, if you shut your mouth and you keep doing what you're doing, you'll be in the big boys club with me. And... You know, because he's, he's, Griswold got caught, but Griswold also knows that whatever terror Roderick might bring upon his doorstep, it's not going to last Griswold's long. Griswold's doing something shady, to... but he has Patsy set up, and I think Roderick just didn't realize what he was. He's a Patsy. He's a fall guy. He's not one of the boys. He just didn't really see that clearly until this happened. Yeah. I think Maddie, Mad, what so Madison, like, what that's her name, right? Damn no, it, Madeline. 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 Matilda. <laughs> Madeline saw that clearly. She's just like you. Took all these people's shit, and they saw you do it. And it was gross. All right, you suck to them. And you're going to have to just keep pretending yeah. until we can find a way to get you higher up in this stupid company. And I'm going to do it because I'm a member of Mensa, apparently. <laughs> She's going to use... She she gave him the idea. Keep... They're gonna, they fed you a spoonful of shit because now they realize that they have you on your... They, they're control. They're the marionettes now. You're the puppet. Because there's not... They got you in a corner and you... You smiled and you yeah. took it, but that now that you're close, you're gonna keep eating their shit, and we're gonna get Augie involved here. So they're gonna work with Augie. Augie's gonna help us. Somehow that goes bad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So and then it involves Lady Death in some way. There's also the ominous like future timeline where Augie's sitting there and. Madeline's doing some weird shit in the background in the basement with the door wide open. Pitch black. Yeah. I half expect like that scene from It 2 to happen where she just dances out and goes like, ooh. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I still think Madeline is dead. I think so too. And I still think she's going to come dancing out of the darkness going, ooh. It's gonna be scary. All right. Um, I did like. Um, what was it? Damn, dude. The this there was a scene that like I was like really like I really liked the August Dupont speech, but I also liked the scene at the courtroom where Augie was just like, "Come on, judge. He's been here." It was half an hour late. He's half an hour late. No one showed up. And then they're like, okay, I mean, we'll give him a couple more minutes. And he's like, yeah, if I was late, would you give me a couple more minutes? And the judge was like ready to throw down and say some shit. But then Arthur walked in and he's like, sorry, forgive the lateness. Camille died. And everybody was just like, ooh, ooh okay, we're sorry. And then uh, Augie's like, sorry, man, I, I didn't know. Sorry, judge. Sorry. 
to all my condolences and they're like we have to reconvene and now leo's dead so <laughs> i want to see the same scene play how out much... god damn it look they're late again <laughs> oh shit leo's dead. they just keep doing this to me at some point at some point they have to make the connection we declared an informant and now they're dying one by one what's going one on one kid they that's an axe two people weird coincidence three kids <laughs> something's fishy but we're still right. gonna keep going <laughs> we'll see you think uh i think juno is maybe the informant I don't know. She seems the most disconnected from the family. Yeah, Tam was just like, is it in the will? It's not, right? Like, it. And Juno's like, I'm in the fucking room with you. And Tam's just like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's either that or the big surprise would be that it's the granddaughter because nobody in this family is kind of good. So maybe the granddaughter is waiting to reveal Mm -hmm. herself as a garbage person. I mean, there's a reason he's not picking up her texts, and she's blowing up his phone. Yeah, there's something going on there. She's probably the informant. She already knows that, like, her parents are. Well, we don't know. Um, Molly's dead. Oh yeah, but like, she's going through a very hard life. She's not really gonna be there for her. Sorry, yeah, Morel. In a in a big, in yeah. a big way. She's gonna have to be more doing yeah. caring for her. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe that's why she's blowing up his phone because her mom's dead too. Maybe. So we'll see. But from my understanding, it was one week. It was three funerals, and then where we are at in the first episode is the other three funerals. I guess. So, yeah. But who's next? The other trio. Maybe, I, maybe we'll get a scene at the funeral for those three. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to bury Leo and Satin. Why? Because he had oh. a scene where he's <laughs> like, I don't even have a fucking funeral suit. I just have this black satin. And he had a whole speech about it. And yeah. Camille used to tell him that Nobody should be wearing a black satin suit unless they're at their own funeral or whatever. But she says, unless you mm-hmm. died in it or some shit. I don't know. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, damn, dude. Yeah, man. It's, it's there's a lot of lot going on, and it seems like we're getting to the head of this. I just need to see another episode. I need to see what's going on. Yeah, I think we got like we're up, this is episode four. I feel like there's ten episodes. Is there ten? So we gotta I think so. Damn. Might be wrong. But we got eight. a journey. We got feels halfway. We're halfway done with the kids. I think it has to be eight. Yeah. I could mm-hmm. see that. I could see that. I think they can kill off all the kids and have one episode. Or maybe two episodes kind of resolving everything. Yeah. You are correct. There's yeah. eight episodes. So. Let's see where this takes us. We're halfway mm-hmm. done. 
Um, and we we think Victorine's next, sure. right? Indubitably. Okay. <laughs> um, any details no, we missed? I don't think so. Anything That's all I cared about? about. I mean, we see. I think this is his first episode, Roderick, where he has an episode, like the earliest recollection of that, where Juno freaks out, and then Madeline comes in and talks to him, and he admits to her that he has the same sickness as vascular dementia their mother had so and he's very pragmatic about it he's like i didn't realize that i'd really be having these visions but they're so like i know what they are but they're so vivid they're too real i feel like they are real (laughs) yeah he's getting haunted for sure um the defining feature is like what else Maybe you can pretend what he's seeing is not real with Lady Death, but Madeline sees sees Lady Death too. So, hmm. and so does the security camera. And so does Arthur Pym. Yo, she was she was looking at mm-hmm. them. That wasn't her looking at the security camera. She was looking like, at hey, them. Remember me? That is. Yep. She wants them to remember. She wants them to know that she's coming. So. And. Let's not forget, he saw her at the end, after the funeral. So, he he obviously remembers her now, and that's why he's telling the story. But, I don't know, I feel like Augie got everything he needed to, to, <laughs> to, to convict this guy. He doesn't really need to stay for the whole thing, but I guess he does. It's the whole truth, not half Maybe. the truth. Yep. So... And I guess we'll see what what's up with Griswold. What happens? Yeah, it sucks. But with all that being said, Jummy, any last words? Meow 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 indeed. And with that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow. Anything to show us that you care. Because we do. We care as much as Camille cares (laughs) about how you look in a funeral. Because she actually does. 